So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Before we dive into today's episode, wanted to remind y'all to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that. Let us know what you think. Uh, We love to see those ratings and reviews come in. Additionally, if you have questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And then, of course, you can follow us on those social media handles. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. With that out of the way, I am joined by Emma and Jill for one of the always anticipated episodes of the month, our book picks. So this is February book picks. Emma, Jill, hello. Hi. Hi. How y'all doing today? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I need more coffee. For real. Listeners, we are recording after that Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday break. And I think we're all feeling a bit of the Mondays on this Tuesday while we record. Oh, so much. The yes. Mondayest, Mondayest Tuesday. Yes. We went from Gosh. like wild uh. amounts of snow. Uh and like frozen to today it is melting, but last night it was a downpour of rain so yeah, we're in like a weird weather vortex as well as being sleepy yes yeah, <laughs> i need coffee we're at the office uh, jill and myself so you know the struggle to get into this mode but at least we get to talk about something exciting Exactly. Nothing more exciting than what we are looking forward to reading after they release in February. So hopefully y'all have your calendars ready and your TBR lists in hand. Who wants to start us off with book one? Me. Right. Go for it, Emma. And caveat to this, I think we all ran into this. So if you listen to last week's episode, which will be our most anticipated of 2023, Quite a few of my picks came out in or come out in February. So I've excluded them from this episode so that you don't have the exact same titles two weeks in a row. So I am still very excited for all of those books mentioned in the most anticipated, but for the sake of uh, not being the most boring and repetitive person alive, I'm not including any of them in today's. With that, my first pick for February is not a surprise. I'm so sorry. I am true to myself. And it is the newest book from Katie Roberts' Dark Olympus series. This is called Radiant Sin, and this comes out on February 7th. So I love this series. It's so creative. She writes good smut. Uh, 
I hope you don't take offense by the term smut because I say that so endearingly. Uh, this is a modern retelling of Apollo and Cassandra. So we do get quite a few installments of the Dark Olympus series uh, from Katie Robert like every year. So this uh, we're getting two books in this series this year, I believe. And so this is the first. But as a disgraced member of a fallen house, Cassandra has seen firsthand what comes from trusting the venomous 13. So again, we're picking right back up with the 13 in um, Olympus here. When the maddeningly gorgeous and kind Apollo asks her to go undercover as his plus one at a week-long party hosted by a dangerous new power player, Cassandra reluctantly agrees to have his back on one condition. When it's all over and Apollo has the ammunition he needs to protect Olympus, she and her sister will be allowed to leave for good. I already love all the elements that are coming into play here. Apollo may be the city's official spy master, but it's his ability to inspire others that keeps him at the top. Despite what the rest of Olympus says, there's no one he trusts more than Cassandra. Yet even as their fake relationship takes a wicked turn for the scaldingly hot, a very real danger surfaces threatening not only Cassandra and Apollo, but the very heart of Olympus itself. Yes, yes, yes. That's all. Yes. I love a fake relationship. I also love your authentically you picks every month <laughs> and the endearingness of calling it smut because, you know, you say it with love and that's what it is. I actually found myself because of you. This is your fault, Emma, that I know about these books. Uh, my friends and I were talking this weekend and I was just like, oh, you mentioned this kind of book. Who, who? And I, and it came to me. And so seeing this be the first book that pops up is just like, every time is a flat circle. I mean, <laughs> everything you is know connected. That? Like January, February, it's so gray. I'm just mm -hmm. like, this is, this is just going to be like spicy escapism, yeah. dark Olympus. We'll have romance. We'll have like some danger because in this city, there's always like, you know, a plot for power or like assassination attempts. There's always something going on that I think adds that extra layer to the romance that's happening between the two characters. So it always like, in my opinion, feels very fast paced, keeps you gripped like on the edge of your seat, but you see all of these like tropey things that I like in a romance kind of, you know, happening throughout. So that was Radiant Sin by Katie Robert. That's out February 7th. So not too terribly long to wait. And then we get another one of these books later in the year. So just in time for Valentine's Day. Yes. <laughs> Give you a little bit of uh, pepper emoji for. Yes, several pepper <laughs> emojis. And uh, again, if you need to read a retelling for the Pro Book Nerds Reading Challenge, uh, this counts. It sure does. <laughs> So my first one, I also had the same problem as Emma when I was looking at February books. I was like, oh, I already talked about like five of these. So yes, those are not on my list this month, but I'm still very excited for them. But my first one is The Last Tale of the Flower Bride by Roshni Chakshi. And so once upon a time, a man who believed in fairy tales married a beautiful, mysterious woman named Indigo Maxwell Castaneda. He was a scholar of myths. She was heiress to a fortune. They exchanged gifts and stories and believed they would live happily ever after. In exchange for her love, Indigo extracted a promise that her bridegroom would never pry into her past. Yes, let's do it. Okay. 
But when Indigo learns that her estranged aunt is dying and the couple is forced to return to her childhood home, the House of Dreams, the bridegroom will soon find himself unable to resist. For within the crumbling manners, extravagant rooms, and musty halls, there lurks the shadow of another girl, Azure, Indigo's dearest childhood friend who suddenly disappeared. As the house slowly reveals his wife's secrets, the bridegroom will be forced to choose between reality and fantasy, even if doing so threatens to destroy their marriage or their lives. Uh, yes, yes, that sounds amazing. First, anytime you use the word bridegroom, I'm all in because <laughs> it does not happen very often. And like this idea of like new fairy tales um is always so fun and fascinating and um just so excited for this and it comes out february 14th so right there for valentine's day we also love the returning trope of gothic horror that the we house do. is a character i think i might have another one on there that's gothic <laughs> that's true we know, hey, we there's a lot of gothic it. in february yeah clearly as told by this and like all the books from the 2023 it's a lot happening, a lot of gothic. A lot of gothic, we're here for it. So much like Emma, my picks this month are kind of unabashedly the things I love because yes, I'm fighting the the blahs and the grays with a lot of <laughs> YA adventure and memoirs and thrillers. So buckle up for more of my usual nonsense. My first pick is The Angel Maker by Alex North. This is out February 28th. I don't have to wait that long to read it because I was lucky enough to receive an early copy, uh, but I haven't read it yet and I am excited to this month. So this is from the New York Times bestselling author of The Whisper Man and the Shadows. This is a dark, suspenseful new thriller about the, myst the mysteries of fate, the unbreakable bond of siblings, and a notorious serial killer who was said to know the future. Growing up in a beautiful house in the English countryside, shocker, we've got more houses as characters, Katie Shaw lived a charmed life. At the cusp of graduation, she had big dreams, a devoted boyfriend, and a little brother she protected fiercely. Until the day a violent stranger charge changed the fate of her family forever. Years later, still unable to live down the guilt surrounding what happened to her brother, Chris, and now with a child of her own to protect, Katie struggles to separate the real threats from the imagined. Then she gets the phone call. Chris has gone missing and needs his big sister once more. Meanwhile, Detective Lawrence Page is facing a particularly gruesome crime. A distinguished professor of fate and free will has been brutally murdered just hours after firing his staff. All the leads point back to two old cases, the gruesome attack on teenager Christopher Shaw and despicable crimes of a notorious serial killer who, legend has it, could see the future. So that is The Angel Maker by Alex North. It is the right combo of thriller and unreliable narrator plus time jumps to really make me go, yeah, yep, I uh, gotta read that. This looks so good and I have to say the cover is nice too. <laughs> it's a fun, dramatic cover that like I know growing up, I would have gone, ooh, and picked it up right away. Yeah. And in, again, like amongst all of the gray and dreariness of kind of winter, this immediately catches the eye. It's like a bright red cover exactly. with like a match. So 
I would immediately gravitate to- gravitate towards this. Without a doubt. Emma, what about your second pick? My second pick is funny because the cover of this is the epitome of gray and gloomy. But uh, my next pick is called The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz. This comes out on February 21st. And it's got like a snowy mountain foresty scene. So certainly the vibe for the season. Uh, This, upon first glance, Reminded me of Rose, Ruth Ware's In a Dark, Dark Wood. Just again, kind of the tree writing vibe. Um, So this is the plot meets Please Join Us in a psychological suspense debut about a young author and an exclusive writer's retreat that descends into nightmare. So you, you literally have me from that sentence alone. But for a little bit more context. This follows Alex. She's all but given up on her dreams of becoming a published author when she receives a once in a lifetime opportunity. Attend an exclusive month long writing retreat at the estate of a feminist horror writer, Rosa Vallo. Even the knowledge that Ren, her former best friend and current rival is attending doesn't dampen her excitement. Already we're setting the stage for a lot of the things that I love. I am so predictable. Um, But when the attendees arrive, Rosa drops a bombshell. Uh, They must all complete an entire novel from scratch during the next month. And the author of the best one will receive a life-changing seven-figure publishing deal. Determined to win this seemingly impossible contest, Alex buckles down and tries to ignore the strange happenings at the estate, including Raza's erratic behavior, Ren's cool mind games, and the alleged haunting of the mansion itself. Again, we all love a theme. But when one of the writers vanishes during a snowstorm, Alex realizes that something very sinister is afoot. With the clock running out, she's desperate to discover the truth and save herself. A claustrophobic and propulsive thriller exploring the dark side of female friendships and fame, The Writing Retreat is the unputdownable debut novel from a compelling new talent. Yes. Again, love when the mansion itself is a character, when we have all of these circumstances that seem too good to be true, probably are. We've got rivals. We've got like an erratic mentor um, who's sort of, you know, hosting, facilitating this whole thing. So this is the writing retreat by Julia Bartz. And I can't not wait uh, for February 21st. Yeah, I almost put that on my list until I saw you had it. So it definitely speaks to all of the things that we I uh, think so. three enjoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay, well, for something completely different and yet not entirely, I have BFF, a memoir of friendship lost and found by Christy Tate. So, um, you know, female friendships are hard, as Emma just shared with her pick. <laughs> So this is, uh, yeah, a memoir. And um, so after more than a decade of dead-end dates and dysfunctional relationships, Christy Tate has reclaimed her voice and settled down. Her days of agonizing in group therapy over guys who won't commit are over. The grueling emotional work required to attach to another person tucked neatly into the past, or so she thought. Weeks after giddily sharing stories of her new boyfriend at Saturday morning recovery meetings, Christy received a gift from a friend. Meredith, 20 years older and always impeccably accessorized, gives Christy a box of holiday-themed scarves as well as a gentle suggestion. Maybe now is the perfect time to examine why friendships give her trouble. The work never ends, right? She says with a wink. 
Christy isn't so sure, but she soon realizes that the feeling of apartness that has plagued her since childhood isn't magically going away now that she's in a healthy romantic relationship. With Meredith by her side, she embarks on a brutally honest exploration of her friendship past and present, sorting through the ways that debilitating shame and jealousy have kept the lasting bonds she craves out of reach and how she can overcome a history of letting go too soon. But when Meredith becomes ill and Christie's baggage threatens to muddy their final days, she's forced to face her deepest fears in honor of the woman who finally showed her how to be a friend. Yeah. So that sounds great. I'm someone who, I don't want to say I struggle with friendships. I have like a very close, yeah, like I have a very, very small inner circle. And then there's like other people outside of it. Um, but it's challenging. And I, and I like this idea of like, kind of going back and sort of examining those past friendships and finding out what happens. You see that a lot with relation, like romantic relationships, like high fidelity types thing where you go back and find out like what went wrong with this. But now you're like, what went wrong with this friendship? And it is, and it's a memoir. So this is all Christy really went through this. So BFF is out February 7th. I really look forward to that. Friendships, friendships are tough. Especially when you're an adult and you don't have, you know, eight hours a day of school holding you to someone else and examining when a friendship ends, when it needs to end, if it has to end, can be so difficult, uh, especially when they come at such a high cost to make. Yes. But also, like like you said, Jill, I also have a very uh, tight inner circle and I often have to force myself to just remember that like you do want to make that new friend. So, you know, maybe kick past the the I'm too tired today. Don't cancel that plan. Actually go. Yep. But my favorite thing is to cancel plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to that to that point though, I, I think do... that's our Scorpio son. Yeah. So. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, I think that that's true. Like there is a um part, especially as an adult, where like it's so hard to make new friends. And so part of that is pushing through any discomfort to put it in. Is the effort. But I also think to a degree, and this is something I struggle with is like, how much space do you have for friends? Like, could you, could I reasonably maintain, you know, 10 best friends or, or whatever you want to call it. And so I think it's interesting just like, I also think the moniker of like best friend is interesting because no. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean as we age? It certainly means something different. I think now than when you were like in your school days and right finding people who can meet you where you're at but also assigning the right amount of weight to the friendship or yeah understanding that there are friendship buckets that someone that may just kind of live at the level of acquaintance could very well be a really good friend to you because when you want to make the plan to go to that bar or go to that place that they're always ready to go to right is enough to consist of a friendship, even when that's the only time you see them. Yeah. Even if it is that like once a month, you're like, hey, do you want to go to the the trivia night at this place? They never say no. They always only want to do that. You don't really talk outside of that. Sure. And I think also like how you met them, you know, like I have friends that I met through exes. I'm not, I don't talk to the ex anymore, but like there has been weird I don't want to say tension, but like, there's a layer to that after the relationship ends. And like, do you, they were my ex's friends first. So like, how does that work? And like navigating Mm -hmm. all of that. 
but I don't, you know, like the idea of a best friend, I don't know if I have one. Mm -hmm. I'm in, I'm in like, I have three group chats that I'm in (laughs) with two other people. So Mm -hmm. there are like three of us. Those Mm -hmm. two are probably more best friends. I'm like the third wheel in like multiple friendships and it works. Like I'm okay with it, (laughs) but it was a very startling moment when I was like looking at these three different group chats of three people total, me and then two others. I'm like, oh, these two other people are like besties. And I'm this like third person, which is fine, but it's, do you know what I mean though? When you're like, oh, your best friend has a best friend or like the person. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean- and it means something different to you later in life than it did. Yes. As yeah. A, when as, a we wee, were young. as a wee child. Yes. Yeah. So I am also bringing a memoir to the table, but in a wild pivot, it's me on my usual nonsense. It's a celebrity memoir. Not nonsense. <laughs> me on my war path of loving what I love and doing so unabashedly. This one's out February 7th. From The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, this is Bad Mormon by Heather Gay. Now, I want to start off at the top by saying I am not a real housewives head. I'm not out here watching the the shows and the seasons and the franchises, but uh, Salt Lake City definitely intrigued me when it was announced because what an interesting kind of microcosm of the world to go and take a look at. Still haven't watched any of it. I maybe one day will, but ugh, I can only handle so much reality TV. But this, this is my way in. So this is a vulnerable memoir about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star's departure from the Mormon Church and her unforeseen success in business, television, and single motherhood. Straight off the slopes and into the spotlight, Heather Gay is famous for speaking the gospel truth. Whether as a businesswoman, mother, or television personality, she is unafraid to blaze a new trail, even if it means losing family, friends, and her community. Born and bred to be devout, Heather based her life around her faith. She attended Brigham Young University, served a mission in France, and married into Mormon royalty in the temple. But her life as a good Mormon abruptly ended when she lost the marriage and faith that she had once believed would last forever. With writing that is beautiful, sad, funny, and true, Heather recounts the difficult discovery of the darkness and damage that often exists behind a picture-perfect life, while also examining the nuanced relationship between duty to self and duty to God. Exposing secrets she once held sacred, Bad Mormon is an unfiltered look at the religion that broke her heart. It's listed as an as a revealing and ultimately hopeful memoir. It's a captivating read in the vein of Untamed, Educated, and Me Talk Pretty One Day. So it's a lot of really high praise for this book. I am so curious to learn her story, to also hear some of those background kind of pieces. I have been fascinated, you know, like between on the like flip side, like Leah Remini talking Scientology, the same kind of thing here with the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormon religion, like those kind of similar threads of once people get out, there's, I I view a lot of like similar excommunications and, and whatnots, um, not comparing the two as, you know, the, the same thing or or anything like that. But I, I have a big fascination for people who leave these mega kind of churches in any religion and what their experience is like after and what brought them to it and kind of following on the same veins of bff this is a story of of potentially leaving uh, 
your people behind. So that is Bad Mormon by Heather Gay out February 7. My next pick is Arch Conspirator by Veronica Roth. This comes out on February 21st. And again, keeping to that 2023 trend of uh, mythology retellings, this is a reimagining of Antigone. And I do enjoy Veronica Roth. We've kind of seen a lot of different things from her over the last several years. So this we'll just dive right in, in this gripping and atmospheric. I do enjoy when they describe a book as atmospheric. Reimagining of Antigone, the number one New York Times bestselling author, Veronica Roth, reaches back to the root of legend and delivers a world of tomorrow, both timeless and unexpected. I'm cursed. Haven't you heard? Uh, we do love a curse, in my opinion. Uh, outside the last city on earth, the planet is a wasteland. Without the archive where the genes of the dead are stored, humanity will end. Antigone's parents, Oedipus and Jocasta, are dead. Passing into the archive should be cause for celebration, but with her militant uncle, Creon, rising to claim her father's vacant throne, all Antigone feels is rage. When he welcomes her and her siblings into his mansion, Antigone sees it, it for what it really is, a gilded cage, where she is a captive as well as a guest. But her uncle will soon learn that no cage is unbreakable, and neither is he. Ah, uh, yes. This sounds great. I love a retelling. I just, I like the things that I like. So, you know, we've got a gilded cage. We've got family rivalries and all these things. And I'm interested to see Veronica Roth's take on a story that is pretty well known. So that is Arch Conspirator out February 21st. And I don't know if this is a full length novel. I think it's more along the lines of a novella but don't quote me. I yeah. had to agree. We love a curse. and We do love a curse. And a retelling is always good in my book. Also love it if it's along the novella line. I'd be fascinated to, to see how she can tell the story in a limited number of pages. so, but I'm, now I'm doubting. So yeah, definitely don't quote me. Uh, but I think it's on the shorter side of things. She just had a, a, a book come out in the, was it in the fall? She's been extremely busy, <laughs> but I, I think it's a shorter, uh, a shorter story. And the cover is really cool. It's very like Handmaid's Tale-y to me. So definitely check it out. Doomed from the start, all of us is the tagline. An upper for sure. But <laughs> that's Arch Conspirator by Veronica Roth. Very Handmaid's Tale. Also very um, Anne Rand, the cover for sure. Yeah, that one sounds really good. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.
My next one is Cold People by Tom Rob Smith. So this is about an Antarctic colony after a global apocalypse where the survivors are living under the most extreme conditions imaginable. The world has fallen without warning. A mysterious and omnipotent force has claimed the planet for their own. There are no negotiations, no demands, no reasons given for their actions. All they have is a message. Humanity has 30 days to reach the one place on Earth where they will be allowed to exist, Antarctica. Cold People follows a perilous journeys of a handful of those who endure the frantic exodus to the most extreme environment on the planet. But their goal is not merely to survive the present, because as they cling to life on the ice, the remnants of their past swept away, they must also confront the urgent challenge. Can they change and evolve rapidly enough to ensure humanity's future? Can they build a new society in the sub-zero cold? I saw... Uh, it's out February 7th, by the way. Um, I saw a documentary just called Antarctica. Like, people live in Antarctica. They work there, like, scientists mostly. Very few survive there or live there voluntarily for, like, 12 months out of the year. They usually will do, like, shifts of, like, I think six months or so. But that's, like, science places set up to survive and receiving receiving supplies right supplies come in they have like a whole you know they like people live there they work there but to 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 like i can't like going to antarctica and like having to start a civilization in this environment which along with being very cold gets that whole like six months out of the year there's no light situation or like six months out of the year there's only light (laughs) you got that whole part of it too and and adapting to that and i i find antarctica kind of fascinating as a place because it's so remote and like there are parts of antarctica nobody can really get to at all just because it's there's ice walls and you can't cross them and just fascinating so wild to think of there are just much like the ocean there's just places on the planet that we know nothing about we don't know anything about and get to and we can't get to them correct it's Ugh. it's sort of like the opposite of like the australian outback is about the closest i can think of of this just like very very remote very very extreme weather mm-hmm. conditions where if you are not prepared when you head out there you're 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 done so you're done yeah yeah Ooh, fun <laughs> that's me bringing the fun we love um, to see it it seems very timely given that i just feel so cold and gray and sad <laughs> considering that we feel like we're stuck in antarctica current currently yeah yeah ohio antarctica sames yeah my next pick is out february 7th from james acker this is the long run I'm, you know, I'm going to go for a, a little little romance moment. Sebastian Vieta is over it, over his rep, over his bros, over being Bash the Flash, fastest sprinter in South Jersey. His dad is gone, his mom is dead, and his stepfather is clueless. Bash has no idea what he wants out of life until he meets Sandro. Sandro Michelli is too nice for his own good. The middle child in an always growing, always screaming Italian family Sandro walks around on a broken foot to not bother his busy parents. All he wants is to get out and never look back. 
When fate, in the form of a party that gets busted, brings these two very different boys together, neither of them could have predicted finding a love they'd risk everything for. That is The Long Run by James Acker on February 7th. Just a little unexpected romance. Unexpected romance. (laughs) I mean, at this point. (laughs) I mean, at this point, I feel like we've thoroughly influenced you with the romance. Yeah, probably. And it is February, so great. I need me a little little love story. A great time for romance picks ahead of Valentine's Day. I don't know why. Like, Valentine's Day is so underwhelming. But any opportunity to promote romance books with a theme, I'll go for it. Exactly. If that's the reason we have to have, we'll take it. Exactly. And that cover is cute. As a side note. Right. It oddly enough kind of gives me supernatural vibes, but it's a super cute cover. It does. Like you're like, is this a romance or is this like a coming of age fighting monsters? Right. Two brothers on the road. Mm -hmm. I like it. Supernatural fans, let us know. (laughs) Joe and I can talk about it for eons. Okay. Yes, don't give us the opportunity to talk about Jensen Ackles. (laughs) but no seriously speaking of hunky men we have my next pick stone cold fox this is by rachel kohler croft and this book comes out on valentine's day february 14th and uh, where the hunky men come in so this follows b she's an ambitious woman who has a dark past and is trying to marry the heir to one of the country's wealthiest families so b knows what she deserves And she knows that the only way she's going to get the life she wants is if she marries somebody who is like absolutely filthy rich, like one percenters. And she starts off trying to uh, fall into some like classic, I feel like tropes, looking for the wealthy, well-to-do, like older gentlemen who standards might be lower, just looking, you know what I mean? Like just, they might not have that much time left. I'm just looking for like, you know, the 25 year old Sophie wife. And then she kind of realizes like that those quests aren't really working in her favor. They're not really the men that she wants to put so much time and energy into. And that's when she meets Colin. He is from an equivalent, you know, actual real life family, the Kennedys, like just these families that have all of this prestige, all of this wealth, everyone in the entire country would know exactly who you're talking about. So she meets Colin Case where she's working at a PR firm and Colin and his father bring the family business into the PR firm for a pitch. And she wins Colin over in more ways than one in both business and in life. And so the challenge isn't getting a ring from Colin. Colin is not the hardest obstacle for her. The big challenge will be getting the approval of his family who are very suspicious of outsiders when you have that much level of wealth and privilege. And Colin's best friend, Gail Wallace Lester. So B has to go toe to toe with Gail. This whole thing is very much like my best friend's wedding meets heartbreakers. A call out to that Sigourney Weaver, Jennifer Love Hewitt movie. So we've got B competing in the present with uh, Gail and Colin's family to try to get her man, all while maintaining her, I don't want to say ruse because it's not a ruse, but all while maintaining her professional polished facade, 
when there's a lot more to be than meets the eye, a lot of that has to do with how she grew up with her mother. Uh, So this book was really great. I actually got to read a copy of this already where we kind of go back and forth to the past in different situations with B and her mother where she grew up and to the present where she's going toe to toe with Gail and Colin's family. And this was a compelling, quick, interesting read. B is sharp. Uh, The cover on this book is stunning. There are a lot of things I think that people are going to enjoy about this book. And I am honestly shocked that it's a debut. So I really, really enjoyed this thriller. B is not particularly likable, in my opinion. So keep that in mind. If you're looking to really root for somebody, you may root for B, but it won't be because you like her. (laughs) So that is Stone Cold Fox by Rachel Kohler Croft out February 14th. Such strong praise. It's really good. I mean, and you're right. The cover is stunning. I love, I love the green. The green is so good. Any kind of bright. And, you know, I respect the grind. I have always said first for money, second for love uh, when it comes to marriage. (laughs) Kidding. You know what? I'm kidding. (laughs) No, but I think we all, I think we all make that joke because you wonder like how, how much would things be easier for you if that was not something you had to worry about? Right. Yeah. You know, if that was just. If you knock down that roadblock. What does your life look like? Yeah. What else could you put your time and energy into perhaps, you know, than, than worrying about where money is going to come from for, you know, bills or, you know, mm-hmm. worrying about, worrying about paying bills or just like all of the admin that comes with sure. adulting. If you had so much wealth that you didn't even have to worry about right. anything, buying groceries, like they're just there. Um, cooking meals, somebody makes them for you. Like to have that level of that level you know, of wealth is that level of wealth and that level of things like off your plate. What could you achieve? Absolutely. So definitely check this out. I think you guys would both like this book as well. Plus, give me all the unlikable characters. I think we'll see two camps from readers of this. You'll see Team B and Team Gale. Mm. And I would love to hear from people which team they are and why. There you go. I have a lot of strong thoughts. (laughs) So my next one is Our Share of Night by Mariana Enriquez. A young father and son set out on a road trip devastated by the death of the wife and mother they both loved. United in grief, the pair traveled to her ancestral home where they must confront the terrifying legacy she has bequeathed, a family called the Order that commits unspeakable acts in search of immortality. For Gasper, the son, this maniacal cult is his destiny. As the Order tries to pull him into their evil, he and his father take flight, attempting to outrun a powerful clan that will do anything to ensure its own survival. But how far will Gasper's father go to protect his child? And can anyone escape their fate? Moving back and forth in time from London in the swinging 1960s to the brutal years of Argentina's military dictatorship and its turbulent aftermath, our share of night is a novel like no other family story, a ghost story, a story of the occult and the supernatural, a book about the complexities of love and longing with queer subplots and themes. Uh, yes, all of the above. All of the oh, above. yeah. Oh, yeah. This was going on my list. And then I saw it was on yours. and went, that's okay. The people will know. And the cover on this one, I love it. it it's giving like Kim Petras album cover vibes, just the like manicured hand down. 
we love to see it. So good. So oh. good. And keeping up with Supernatural. <laughs> Father yes. and son set out on a road trip. I'm I know. Just gonna- I know. We are on like- the quest to defeat the evil. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a fun little road trip. By the oh, death of the wife way. and mother. Literally supernatural. Is everything with supernatural retelling? I, you know what? It, you know what? I, <laughs> That's an 20, episode right there. <laughs> if 2023 is the year of gothic ghost stories. And supernatural retelling. And supernatural and the occult. I am here for it. Give me all the books. Once Absolutely. Can. That can, yeah, whole episode all on its own. <laughs> Things in the supernatural network. And when I say supernatural, I mean the television show, not like supernatural, the. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I can't think of words. Not the, the like genre. <laughs> not the genre. Thank you. Yeah. So my next pick is out on Valentine's Day. This is Ravel by Lissa Mia Smith. It's inspired by Moulin Rouge and set on an island in a magical version of Prohibition era New York. It's a breathtaking YA standalone fantasy full of dazzling magic, romance, and mystery from debut author Lisa Mia Smith. In the Isle of Charmant, magic flows like bootleg champagne, and fantasies can be bought for the price of a gemstone. Lux Ravel, star of her family's fantastical show, knows the splendor is just an illusion. With prohibition threatening their livelihood, her family struggles to make a living, watering down champagne and patching holes in their sequined costumes. So, when the son of Charmant's wealthiest family makes her an offer, everything the Ravels need to stay in business, in exchange for posing as his girl and helping him become mayor, she can't refuse. The moment Jameson Port sets foot in Charmant, he can't shake the feeling of familiarity. An orphan with as few memories as gemstones is desperate to learn, he is desperate to learn what happened to his parents. But as he delves into the island's secrets, he risks angering the wrong person and discovering a truth that just might break his heart. When Lux and Jameson accidentally meet, the sparks that fly are more than her magical enchantments. But keeping secrets from powerful people is a dangerous game, one that could destroy them both. So that is Ravel by Lisa Mia Smith, a beautiful debut, out February 14th. I'm, I'm just waiting for reactions because cover, stunning, plotline, into it. I also love the fact that it is a standalone piece. So you can fall in love. And also, like, if you decide that this is a universe or a story for you, you can go right into rereading it. You don't have to, like, clamor and wait for more. So as much as I am a sucker for a series, I do also love a really well done standalone piece. Yeah, I agree. And I I know, especially in the YA space, obviously like duologies or series, like that's so popular. But sometimes that can be a big commitment, especially if you don't enjoy other installments of the series as it goes on. So I really like this. And I love anything that takes inspiration from Moulin Rouge. Yeah, can't go wrong. (laughs) I'm also all about Prohibition Air New York. So Right. (laughs) These picks really are just showcasing all of the things we like in books and i do love how they're also shaking out the things we all share uh, Mm -hmm. in common and what we like okay so my next pick again i think this is such an obvious one and it does hearken to all of the things that we like can you say gothic romance so this is immortality by Dana Schwartz. This is the sequel uh, to her first book in this duology, Anatomy. This comes out February 28th. And so here we pick back up with Hazel, 
she's alone and pretty much convinced that the events of the year before must have been a figment of her imagination. She doesn't even know if Jack is alive or dead. And so all she can do now is just treat patients and maintain Hawthorndon Castle as it starts to decay around her. When saving a life leads to her arrest, Hazel seems doomed to rot in prison until a message intervenes. Hazel has been specifically requested to be the personal physician of Princess Charlotte, the sickly granddaughter of King George III. Soon, Hazel is dragged into the glamour and romance of a court where everyone has something to hide, especially the enigmatic, brilliant members of a social club known as the Companions of Death. Are we intrigued? I think it's got all the elements we like. I say we as a collective now. As Hazel's work entangles her more and more with the British court, she realizes that her own future as a surgeon isn't the only thing at stake for her. Malicious forces are at work in the monarchy, and Hazel may be the only one capable of setting things right. And I have to, I'm sorry, not sorry. The cover for this book picks up on the theme of the cover for the first book of this duology. And the first book was called Anatomy, and it was a girl in a dress, but it's like in the shape of a heart, a human heart. And for immortality, the same thing applies, but it looks like a human brain. So they just like that layer of something extra where the cover is not quite what it appears to be at first glance. But that was Immortality by Dana Schwartz out February 28th. My next one is The Crane Husband by Kelly Barnhill. So this is actually a retelling of The Crane Wife. A 15-year-old teenager is the backbone of her small Midwestern family, budgeting the household finances and raising her younger brother, while her mom, a talented artist, weaves beautiful tapestries. For six years, it's been just the three of them. Her mom has brought home guests at time, but none have ever stayed. Yet when her mom brings home a six-foot-tall crane, the menacing heir, the girl is powerless to prevent her mom letting the intruder into her heart and her children's lives. Utterly enchanted and numb to his sharp edges, her mom abandons the world around her to weave the masterpiece the crane demands. Okay, first, the cover of this is, I can't even quite describe it to you. It's, it is a work of art. This is a work of art. And the story of the crane wife, I believe, is a Japanese folklore about a man who a girl crane shows up on his doorstep. In this case, we have the crane husband, and I'm very excited for this one. You're right. The cover is absolute art. So my next pick is uh, for fans of Kiss Number 8 and On a Sunbeam. It's a debut graphic novel that is a fast-paced time travel adventure with a touch of romance that has garnered 1.5 million views as a tapas webcomic. So it's out February 21st. This is Project Not by Chelsea Ferretti. So I wanted to throw a little uh, kind of uh, YA middle grade leaning uh, graphic novel. Uh, this is, like I said, Project Not. Ren Mittal's last memory is in the year 1996, getting on a bus to visit his mystery pen pal, Georgia. When he wakes up in 2122, he thinks he might be hallucinating. Turns out he's not. Tech conglomerate Chronotech sponsors a time travel program to help students in 2122 learn what history was really like from real-life subjects who have been transported into the future, and Ren is one of them. In 2122, Ren's life in the 90s is practically ancient history, and Ren's not sure how to feel about that. 
On top of it all, he learns that his memory will be wiped of all things future before he's sent back to the 90s. Adding to Ren's complicated feelings, he's forming a crush on his student guide, Mars. And when he crosses paths with the absolute last person he expected to see in the future, he has a bigger problem on his hands. What if Chronotech isn't the benevolent organization they claim to be, and he and his fellow subjects are in great danger? So that's Project Not debut from Chelsea Ferretti, out February 21st. We love a mystery organization that claims to be good, may or may not, probably not good. And, uh, you know, a little time hop little future jumping, little threatened wiped memories, mysterious love, and it's a graphic novel. It it is. I I will say this, and maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just showing my age here, and I understand how time cycles and things, but the ideas of, like, the 90s, this, like, really long ago. It's painful, Jill. It's painful. I no. have this cousin, like my cousin's daughter. She's, oh God, what, I think she's like in seventh grade. The last few times I've seen her, she's in like full grunge gear and like 90s grunge part. Uh-huh. I mean, and a lot of it is probably purchased from thrift stores. And I'm just like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> no, uh-huh. you said 1996. And I went, what? <laughs> that was like 10 minutes ago, right? Right? I was 15. No. Honestly. That my yeah, I guess my brother was born in 1996. Although I, to be fair, maybe this is actually written for someone like me then. If I was 15 in 1996. Maybe. Like, there you go. Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, yeah. No, I don't want to talk about the 90s. I mean, I I was <laughs> 4 and it's a a painful thought that that's ancient history i was a wee thing that's what joe's saying yeah right i know i was a baby someone that's older i was in high school but no let's either i'm also you know what i'm wearing flannel today so i probably don't really have stress room to talk about room to talk about grunge (laughs) well i i am wearing ugg boots you know talk about trends cycling through multiple times over again I mean, yeah, I'm wearing Crocs right now, so I have Uggs from the first time they were cool. <laughs> uh, also, I can the say Lisa- the same with Crocs. <laughs> Speaking of Crocs, the Lisa Frank Crocs are back in stock, I believe, from what I've seen. Oh, Lisa no. Frank. Lisa Frank Crocs. I hate. So speaking of the nineties, speaking of the nineties, that's like eighties. Yes, the same. Yeah. My next pick. Almost done here is The House Guest by Hank Philippi Ryan. This is out on February 7th. I will say the woman on the cover looks great. She's got a large oversized hat, sunglasses, and red lipstick. So certainly compelling for what is described as a diabolical cat and mouse thriller. But which character is the cat and which character is the mouse? So after every divorce, one spouse gets all the friends. What does the other one get? If they're smart, they get the benefits. Alyssa McCallan is terrified when she's dumped by her wealthy and powerful husband. With a devastating divorce looming, she begins to suspect her toxic and manipulative soon-to-be ex is scheming to ruin her, leaving her alone and penniless. And when the FBI shows up at her door, Alyssa knows she really needs a friend. And then she gets one. A seductive new friend, one who's running from a dangerous relationship of her own. 
Alyssa offers Brie Lawrence the safety of her guest house, and the two become confidants. Then Brie makes a heart-stoppingly tempting offer. Maybe Alyssa and Brie can solve each other's problems. But no one is what they seem, and the fates and fortunes of these two women twist and turn until the shocking truth emerges. You can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you deserve. Sorry, the, I they just really wrote a great description here for this book. I can't wait. So this is The House Guest by Hank Philippi Ryan, and that comes out on February 7th. Yep. No, a great description, a great cover. That's the aesthetic I wish I had. I don't know the cover. I'm getting like Rachel Weisz, like that sort of the, you know, yeah, or like Helena Bonham Carter type thing happening there. Not mad about it. Not mad about any of this. Okay, so my next one is "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Stephen Graham Jones. This is a sequel to his book "My Heart Is a Chainsaw," and it takes place four years after, and Jade is back, although she now goes by her um, real name Jennifer. And a serial killer, Dark Mill South, has come to Proofrock seeking revenge for 38 Dakota men hanged in 1862. He's escaped from his prison transfer due to a blizzard. And Jennifer slash Jade, of course, if you read My Heart is a Chainsaw, is all about her slasher films and gets swept up into it. I'm not going to talk about this too much because there's an interview with Stephen coming on the podcast soon. We talk about slasher films and final girls and why the Scream franchise is awesome. So yes, if you liked My Heart is a Chainsaw, you will love Don't Fear the Reaper. And um, yeah, be on the lookout for that conversation with Stephen coming up in February. All I can say is hell yeah. Who doesn't love the Scream franchise? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. Thank you. The concept of final girls will get me every time. And yes, we have a really great conversation about the concept of final girls because his character Jade is very much like, I'm not a final girl because of like slasher rules and various things. And it, yeah. So it was like, seriously, like our, we talk about his book, of course, but it's, it's a horror. It's somewhat of a mystery as well. Like my heart is a chainsaw, you know, trying to figure out like who is, is the killer, this serial killer that's is it somebody else and all that and so it's hard to talk about those books the plot too much right because you don't want to give anything away so we talk a lot about horror movies and it was delightful and hey you know if you need something to read right now you can read my heart as a chainsaw and get ready for that's uh, true yeah yeah don't fear the reaper yes and my heart is a chainsaw is full of like slasher film references which is a lot of fun if you enjoy slasher films there's a lot of references it's great Okay, that just moved up my list. <laughs> so my penultimate title is Your Driver is Waiting by Priya Guns. It's out February 28th, and it is a debut novel. Damani is tired. Her father just died on the job at a fast food joint, and now she lives paycheck to paycheck in a basement, caring for her mom and driving for an app that is constantly cutting her take. The city is rolling in pro- roiling in protests. Everybody's in solidarity with somebody. But while she keeps hearing that they are fighting for change on behalf of people like her, she literally can't afford to pay attention. Then she gives a ride to Jolene. Five stars, obviously. Jolene seems like she could be the perfect girlfriend. Attentive, attractive, an ally. And their chemistry is off the charts. Jolene's done the reading. She goes to every protest. And she says all the right things. So maybe Damani can look past the one thing that's holding her back. She's never dated anyone with money before. 
not to mention a white girl with money. But just as their romance intensifies and Damani finally lets her guard down, Jolene does something unforgivable, setting off an explosive chain of events. A wild one-sitting read brimming with dark comedy and piercing social commentary and announcing Priya Gunn's feverishly original voice, your driver is waiting, is a cackling send-up of our culture of modern-day alienation. So that is Your Driver is Waiting by Priya Guns out February 28th, last day of the month. I am very interested to hear what the unforgivable something that Jolene does is. And I can't lie, I was drawn in by the cover because it's just very like graphic, beautiful. And I'm I'm curious, uh, there, there was just something striking to me about the idea of like, um, this is all going on. It's allegedly for me, but I can't afford to pay attention. So yeah, looking forward to giving this one a read. That sounds great. That's a great segue for my final pick, Joe, which is This Time It's Real by Anne Liang. This comes out February 7th. And immediately I was drawn to this title first from the cover. It's in that same like artistic kind of romancy style. This is a young adult pick. And so it's perfect for fans of like Meg Cabot and Jenny Han, two of my favorite authors. So I was already intrigued. And then I read more about it. So this follows 17 year old Eliza Lynn. She wrote an essay about meeting the love of her life unexpectedly. And the essay goes viral. Her entire life changes overnight. She has like approval of her classmates at her international school in Beijing. She gets a career launching internship opportunity at her favorite magazine. But when all of these things are coming her way, she's got a massive secret to keep. She totally made her essay up. She's never been in a relationship before, let alone in love. All good writing is lying, right? Uh, So desperate to hide the truth, Eliza strikes a deal with the famous actor in her class, the charming but aloof Kaz Song. She'll help him write his college applications if he poses as her boyfriend. Kaz is a dream boyfriend. He passes handwritten notes to her in class, makes her little sister laugh, and takes her out on motorcycle rides to the best snack stalls around the city. But when her relationship with Kaz starts feeling a little too convincing, All of Eliza's carefully laid plans are threatened. Can she still follow her dreams if it means breaking her own heart? Come on. Yes, this is This Time It's Real. And that's out February 7th. It just sounds perfect. So cute. So you. So cute. (laughs) Yeah. It it does sound very cute. And really true to form. (laughs) Meg Cabot's the pull quote on the cover. Yeah. So can't go wrong. That's true. That's true. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, if Meg Cabot, the you know YA queen, is the pull quote on your book, I trust that. So yeah, I can't wait. It just sounds good. And I love a fake relationship. We d- obviously <laughs> we do. We love a fake relationship. All right. So my last book is Bookworm by Robin Yateman. Victoria is happily unmarried to an ambitious and controlling lawyer, consumed with his career. Burdened with overbearing in-laws, a boring dead-ed job she can't seem to leave, and a best friend who doesn't seem to understand her, Victoria finds solace from the daily grind in her beloved books and the story she makes up in her head. One day in a favorite cafe, she notices an attractive man reading the same talked-about best-selling novel that she is reading. A woman yearning for her own happy ending, Victoria is sure it's fate. The handsome book lover must be her soulmate. There's only one small problem. Victoria is already married. 
frustrated and desperate to change her life, Victoria retreats to the dark places in her mind and thinks back to all the stories she's ever read in hopes of finding a solution. She begins to fantasize about nocturnal trysts with Cafe Man and imaginative ways of getting rid of the dead, dread husband. <laughs> hilarious. It's all just a harmless fantasy born of Victoria's fevered imagination in her books until one night fiction and reality blur and suddenly it seems Victoria is about to get everything she's wished for. Dun dun dun. Yes. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's described in one of the reviews as imagine if Patricia Highsmith had her in the secret life of Walter M- M- Mitty, and instead of heroic daydreams, she gave her protagonist murderous ones. Yep. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? It sounds just delightful. Yep. And we do always love a bookie book. A bookie book. A bookish yeah. book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I'm going to wrap up with a fun middle grade pick that's out February 14th. It's a thrilling fantasy adventure from acclaimed author Nina Varela that explores friendship and queer identity, perfect for fans of Amari and the Knight Brothers and Rick Riordan's Trials of Apollo series. This is Juniper Harvey and the Vanishing Kingdom. When Juniper Harvey's family moves into the middle of nowhere, Florida, her entire life is uprooted. As if that's not bad enough, she keeps having dreams about an ancient looking temple, a terrifying attack, and a mysterious girl who turns into an ivory statue. One night after a disastrous school dance, Juniper draws a portrait of the girl from her dreams and thinks, I wish you were here. The next morning, she wakes up to find the girl in her room, pointing a sword at her throat. The unexpected visitor reveals herself as Galatea, a princess from a magical other world. One problem, her crown is missing, and she needs it in order to return home. Now it's up to Juniper to help find the crown, all while navigating a helpless crush on her new companion. And things go from bad to worse when a sinister force starts chasing after the crown as well. Packed with adventure and driven by a pitch-perfect voice, this middle-grade debut from Nina Varela is about one tween forging new friendships, fighting nightmarish monsters, and more importantly, figuring out who she is and who she ultimately wishes to be. So that is Juniper Harvey and the Vanishing Kingdom out February 14th. I just, it's not often that when I'm looking at all of the different books I want to talk about that a uh, middle grade title jumps out the way this one jumped out at me, but I know I would have devoured this as a kid. And I am also just very much looking forward to reading it right now. Um, Yeah, it sounds super fun. I love this kind of fantasy adventure that happens in our world, but also carries you into an other world. And that's my last pick. That sounds great. And I think this was quite the variety of picks while still staying rather true to our personal (laughs) preferences. A variety of picks while staying absolutely the same. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you all for joining us for our silly, goofy mood today as we recover and find all the coffee in the world to survive after a long weekend. Remember, follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at ProBookNerds. Email us with any questions, comments, or things for the future, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. We hope you enjoyed our picks for February, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Happy reading! Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. 
Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.